Now then, 7.36 nearly. Paris and Los Angeles are set for a one-on-one Olympic contest to see who gets to hold the 2024 Games, although the loser will be awarded the right to host the 2028 event. If there's no agreement, a vote will be held at the upcoming IOC session in Peru in mid-September, but it wasn't long ago that we were dwelling on the financial pitfalls of hosting an Olympics, and we've already seen several large cities... uh, remove their declaration of interest. So it's not like everyone's fighting for these games. Let's bring in Andrew Zimbalist, Professor of Economics at Smith College and the author of Circus Maximus, the economic gamble behind hosting the Olympics and the World Cup. Thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. So what do LA and Paris have to offer? What, what are their strengths as they duke it out to be the host of 2024, first of all? Los Angeles has a better bid according to the principles that the IOC enunciated in their Reform 2020, Agenda 2020. And the reason for that is that Los Angeles doesn't have to build any permanent venues. They have Because they have several professional sports teams in all of the sports, and they also have several large college sports teams, they have all of the stadiums and the arenas that they need. They don't have to build any. Um, they also have the UCLA dormitories, which are very modern and completely adequate for the Olympic Village. And that saves an expense of somewhere on the order of 2 or $3 billion. They also have the USC dormitories for the Media Village. And the International Broadcasting Center is being built for them on the studios of, of Comcast and Universal. So they basically have very, very low costs. Everything is ready. There aren't any risks for the IOC in terms of wondering whether a venue will be built on time or whether it will be of the proper quality. So in in a technical sense, the Los Angeles bid is a strong bid. And in fact, I don't think there could be a stronger bid from any city in the world. uh, Paris is also a strong bid because it has most of the venues and it is planning to develop this area north of the city, north of downtown called Saint-Denis, and it's going to be building the Olympic Village there, and then there's a plan to convert the Olympic Village into residential housing mm. afterwards. So there is, there is substantial building in, in Paris, but there, Paris is going to get the 2024 bid. Um, and the reason for that is manifold. First of all, Paris last had the Olympics, and France last had the Summer Olympics back in 1924. Right. So 2024 would be the 100th anniversary. Uh, secondly, Paris has applied several times in the, in the recent past, and we, they were viewed in the recent past as having the best bid, but they just barely got beat out. And thirdly, it's no secret that the world is not in love with Donald Trump, and many, many IOC members have, have not made that a secret, that they don't want to award the, the games now to, to uh, Los Angeles because it's part of the United States and it's Donald Trump's land. Uh, so for all those reasons, I think it's very clear that that Paris will, will get the nod for 2024 and Los Angeles will get it for 2028. Los Angeles is going to try to bargain with the IOC since they're going to be the good boys and they're going to wait for four extra years. And by the way, they have to maintain their Olympic organizing committee for an extra four years, which is an additional expense. They're going to look for some other benefits from the IOC in order to accept the 2028 bid. Well, that is a, a very thorough and I think convincing assessment of where the, the land lies based on the reading that I've done as well. And, I, and I've got to 
ask you whether you think that we will see that agreement uh, through some sort of compromise on LA's part before mid-September, or whether it will take that oh, yeah. upcoming IOC session. I, I think they'll, we'll definitely see an agreement. We might see it even within the next two or three weeks. Uh, it's the, o- the only the only issue I think is is the bargaining between the IOC and and the Los Angeles Olympic Committee. The Los Angeles Committee is going to want to see, as I said, some other benefits that the the, the IOC will throw its way, uh, so that they can save face for uh, accepting the delay for four years. Can you tell us um, what was behind the whole move of awarding 2024 and 2028 at once, though, to bring these together yeah, as part the, of the package? The IOC has been very embarrassed for the recent bids. As, as you know, five European cities were, were in the bidding to host the 2022 games after South Korea hosts it next year. And uh, five, five cities from Europe dropped out, and they were left only with... Uh, 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 the this, this, this city from uh, Beijing and Kazakhstan, Almaty, Kazakhstan. Both of those countries have terrible human rights records. Uh, they, they don't have all of the requisites that the IOC requires, but the IOC had no choice. It chose Beijing. And for 2024, as you suggested in your introduction, uh, there are multiple cities with Budapest and Hamburg and Rome and Boston and even Toronto dropped out of the bidding. So the problem for the IOC is that it's gotten so expensive to host the games now. The summer games cost somewhere between 15 and $20 billion. They bring in about $4 billion. It's so expensive that uh, there aren't very many cities out there that are willing to bid. And, and if the IOC went through its normal procedure once again, they face the potential embarrassment of throwing a party and having nobody show up. Can you tell us why Paris and L.A. would want this so badly then, if, if it's supposed to be such a, a difficult burden to carry? Well, again, for, for Los Angeles, they hosted the Olympics in 1984 uh, pretty much on the same circumstances uh, as now. They basically had all of the venues, but even more importantly, in 1984, there was nobody else bidding. Los Angeles was the only city willing to host the Olympics, so they had a lot of bargaining power, and they told the IOC that they were unwilling to back the games financially. Uh, and the IOC said, okay, you don't have to back the games financially. And Los Angeles said, we want to use the Olympic Stadium from 1932. And the IOC said, okay. Basically, the IOC had to give in to all of Los Angeles' demands. And so Los Angeles ended up actually having a surplus back in, in 1984. And people in Los Angeles, therefore, have a good, good memory of, of the Olympic Games. And, and because of that, and because it's really not going to be very risky for them financially, uh, they were a natural city. In terms of Paris, I think it's primarily because it dovetails with some plans for expanding the city anyway. Paris is not going to have to contort itself, as many cities do. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, I think that's, that's the principal factor. Also, the fact that it's the centenary, the 100th anniversary, is, is another element. Well, can Paris also benchmark London's experience? London obviously had a fair few facilities, but also developed quite heavily, especially in parts of the city that were uh, relatively undeveloped. Well, I actually disagree with that argument that's been made. I don't fault you for saying that because many people make that argument, but I, I think it's a fallacious argument. I don't think that the London games were successful economically at all, and I don't think that the five boroughs in East London 
um, are, are benefited in any particular way. In fact, I think they're hurt in several ways. At the end of the day, it cost London over $18 billion to host the Summer Games. There were much better ways for London to have spent that money. Are there certain costs that we can't put a figure on, though? Um, the way that London came together that summer, the, the way it builds a togetherness, a togetherness that maybe we're seeing in the way London now responds to terror attacks. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that it's, it's clear that there's a, a short-run feeling of, of solidarity and, and support and, and satisfaction, but all the evidence suggests that that, that, that feeling, that feel-good effect, lasts for several months. Um, and it's, it's not something that London leans on now. Now, you'll, you'll hear Sebastian Coe and other promoters of the game saying that it's been a, a permanent effect, but there isn't any hard evidence for that. Yeah, I, I mean, by its nature, I, I guess it's quite hard to to provide that sort of evidence, but we can understand why Sebastian Coe would be uh, looking to have a positive legacy of the Games, and um, obviously we bow to your research in this area. I'd, I'd like to ask you, though, how you feel about other cities then. I mean, we, we've seen Beijing, we've seen Sydney, I... The first Olympic Games I ever went to was Atlanta in 96. I don't know what your feelings are about that. There, there's been Barcelona. Well, yeah. Um, here in Seoul, ourselves, you know, in 88. I mean, have, have you seen any other success stories apart from LA in 84? Uh, yeah, I think that Barcelona in 92 can be argued was a success story. It really has to do with the extent to which you can dovetail your city's needs with the plans for for doing the, all, the, all of the Olympic infrastructure and, and all the Olympic construction. Look, it's undoubtable that when you look at certain past experiences, and Seoul is one of them, that the city ends up getting certain things from having hosted, usually in the form of infrastructure, maybe in the form of, of a sports facility. The question isn't whether, if you know, the city these days spends 15 or $20 billion. It's not a question of whether there's a billion dollars or $2 billion of, of benefit Surely there might be that. The question is why you have to spend 15 or $20 billion in order to get $1 or $2 billion of benefit. And the answer is you don't have to. It's not a good economic investment except when the plans for the Olympics fit in perfectly with the plans for the city that preexisted. And, and hence, I, I think the, the, the various expen- experiences that you mentioned all have the same set of common set of problems. Some of them have additional problems, like in Atlanta... They had to eliminate two low-income, primarily African-American communities to build the Olympic venues. Uh, in, in Rio this past summer, they had to move. They evicted over 77,000 people who lived in these poor communities in shantytowns. In Beijing in 2008, they evicted over a million people in order to build the venues. So I don't think at the end of the day that you can argue that there's an economic and net economic benefit from hosting in the general case. Just a final question, what you think about um, our chances here in South Korea of reaping any long-term uh, benefits from the Winter Olympics that no one seems to want that much going forward based on your, your previous comment. We're going to be hosting it next year. We're, we're pretty much ready, um, but uh, there isn't great national enthusiasm for it, especially because it was slightly tainted by by the scandal-hit former administration. Yeah. So I have not studied it in detail. Um, I, I wish you luck. I hope that the political situation normalizes. I think it's going to be very difficult to identify real long-term benefits. 
But at this point, I don't know enough of the details to uh, say anything more concrete. Well, thank you for saying so, and also for joining us today. It's been great having you on the line. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Andrew Zimbalis, if you want to check out his book, Circus Maximus, the economic gamble behind hosting the Olympics and the World Cup. And uh, I'm aware that it's a sort of anecdotal argument. It's not something that I could provide facts for. But uh, does anyone agree at least that there are some less tangible benefits, some some benefits that, that go through national pride, togetherness, community building from hosting these events that, that no economist is necessarily going to praise, but, but we as people can value. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.